0: Where do you live? What are you doing here? Get get out of here. Mm. And then he starts getting brawled with him. He starts screaming. The guy says something to his wife. The black guy says something to his wife. So then he sort of pushes him. He says, listen, I'm about to show you what I can do. Mm. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> he went after him. Put his hands on him. You can't, you can't do that. Right? right? Like, that's against the law. You get a soul for that, one. sir.
1: Why do
2: these niggas right. exist? Never been in I'm now, come on, I, I need now, come on. Welcome to the Any Last Words pod. My name is Keon, a.k.a. Almighty the
0: DJ. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks, a.k.a. Young One with Himself. A special thanks to everybody out there joining us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. The God of me honors the God in each and every one of you. I would like to start off with our sponsor of the day. This episode is brought to us by courage. 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 Noun. The quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear. Bravery. Okay. Courage. I wanna talk about this. I'll start it with Well before I start it, hey, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> it, you, yourself, I'm, that? I'm doing well. How about yourself? <laughs> is it I'm 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 doing I'm doing well. Is there anything at all that we wanna get out of the way that you that you have uh experiences last week that you want anybody to know about before i get in because it's going to be one of those bear with me moments where i'm going to i'm going to take us on a little ride
2: uh not necessarily no okay okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) courage so i was listening recently to a podcast with the guy that I speak of, the guy book, whose book I have right now, Jordan B. Peterson, I speak about him all the time, clinical psychologist, intellect, critical thinker of the Western world right now. I noticed now.
2: You, uh, you put somebody else on to uh, Mr. Peterson here.
0: Did I? I mean, I, I know I put it all over the story, all
2: well, over our Instagram story. Somebody else put so. it on their story as well.
0: Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I, 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 I'm... We're going to have to talk about who that is because now I'm intrigued. Okay. Anywho, I'm listening to his podcast and he has an ex-Navy SEAL, Jocko Willick. Ever heard of this gentleman? Mm -hmm. Ex-Navy SEAL, entrepreneur, author, leadership consultant. He's a lot of things. Very intense sort of guy. Okay. Built like a truck. One of those one of those sort of guys. One of them brolic niggas. Yeah, very brolic. And Jordan B. Peterson is talking to this gentleman about his deployments in the past and how he has wrestled with the ethics behind being a military person. Okay. And I find that one to just be a very interesting topic. It could be a cringe topic because you could imagine when speaking to someone that's had multiple deployments and they've gone to war, mm-hmm. actual war, and they've seen close, very close people to them die in front
2: of them mm-hmm. at, at the hands of their adversaries. When you say go to war, do you mean the people that simply ship out or the ones that are on the front line shooting? I'm
0: talking about the ones putting knives in people's throats, shooting, having to kill women and children in order to complete the task at hand. Got you. And it's it's very interesting because I that's why I know, one, that that's just not for me, because I can't even I can't imagine having to kill women and children in order to get the mission done. Right. 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 So these are sort of the questions that Jordan B Peterson is asking him. How how do you wrestle with that ethically? When when you go over there, how do you know you're the good guys? How do you know you're doing the right thing and that you're fighting for the right cause? And as you might expect, when That's you a di- hell of a question. It is a question. How do you
2: know you're the good guy? It's that's a hell of a question. That's a
0: hell of a question, especially now you've been taking your ethics class. I'm certain that the this sort yeah, of no, thing... I'm,
2: I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you have to talk about so I can try to apply it to some of what I've learned.
0: So, as you would imagine, it gets a little intense, the, the yeah. conversation. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily feel attacked, but now in his mind, I could only imagine the montage of images that he's having in his mind because he speaks on going to some of Osama Bin Laden's hideouts in finding these chambers with hooks from the ceiling and blood dripping from them and the drains underneath where they would drain the blood. And he's, he's saying, you know, when you see things like this, I'm okay with being there. I say, yeah, I'm okay with putting an end to this. Whatever has to happen, I'm okay. Things that people have to understand is that when you're going to war, you have to have a firm understanding of two things. You have to have the will to kill, period. You you have to understand that there is no... You can try your best to mitigate the collateral damage. The women and children, the civilians, people have nothing to do with what's going on. But you have to have the will to kill, period. I mean, There's said, no room for anything else. Yeah, it's a kill or be killed type of situation. And that brings us to the second point is you have to be willing to die. You have to go into every battle thinking, yeah, this could very well be it. Like I'm going in here for the sake of the mission, for the sake of what I'm fighting for, which would be the flag for the people, the freedoms, the liberties, but I'm ready to die right here and right now. And that's a very, that's a very strong thought to have in your mind when you're going out to do your duty, this is, this is what it is you do. This is your vocation. And you walk out every day thinking, yeah, I, 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 you could very well be thinking, I died today. Not I could, but today's the day I die and I do it Woo. and I do it for what I believe in. In the name of America. It's a very interesting mindset that you have to place yourself in. So I'm listening to this guy talk about this and Dr. Peterson said to him, So, has there ever been a time where you were deployed and you felt as though this ain't it this isn't what we're supposed to be doing this is the wrong move Mm -hmm. and he said you know what there was one time when I felt that way and you'll see one of the reasons why I decided to bring this story up he said we were we were sitting off the coast of Africa on a naval ship one day. And right in Africa, the Hutus were slaughtering the Tutsis. Mm. <laughs> wow. Chopping them, slicing them together, women, whatever, killing everybody, slaughtering hundreds of thousands of people with machetes and we never got the call to intervene. We never received the call to intervene. That's the time that I felt like what we were doing was wrong was the inaction. Yeah. And he said, what, what could we have stopped if we just got the call? If we got the go ahead, the green light to go in there and act and do something about this, but we never got it. So we sat on that ship as all these people were slaughtered. And I thought that that was extremely strong. And, you know, so I, I, you know, I took pause and I paused and I sat there and thought about it. And I had some other things percolating in my mind about relationships. And the two conjoined, there was a, a nexus, you would call it. And I started thinking about our little wars that we have as human beings, our little battlefields Mm -hmm. within our relationships as people and what the inactive nature that a lot of us take on inside these relationships will what they will procreate, what they will beget for us. And. Just like I believe he feels regret and a lot of people that were on that Navy ship with him, that naval ship with him feel regret for not getting to go ahead and not doing something, not intervening, not stopping this heinous crime, I feel as though people in relationships in which they do not act on what they know to be right or know to be true can. Down the road feel that same sort of regret. Yeah. So I bring this into conversation because I was I've been having many, many conversations with my lady friend that you know.
1: Mm.
2: Would you consider that
0: just like like a survivor's remorse? Or a survivor's remorse?
2: Um, I'm, I'm, hold on. I don't like know. survivor I'm, like survivor's guilt? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. Say, I mean Survivor's guilt. That's what I meant to say.
0: Um I, I, maybe they weren't necessarily in the heart of it. I, I think yeah. the way that we usually look at that would be somebody like one of the, the Tutsis yeah. that were there okay. and maybe everyone in their village got slaughtered. But uh-huh. somehow they did something for themselves and they survived. Okay. Then they come out of it and look around and see everybody that they've ever loved slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, wow. okay, like, I didn't help. I didn't. Well, that's, I, I. That's why. Maybe I'm asking, I
2: should have died with them. That's why I'm asking you that because he feels like they. You know, they should have done something about yes. it. They should have helped. They mm-hmm. weren't necessarily. He wasn't necessarily in the action. Yes, but he knew that it was happening, mm-hmm. and he knew that they were in a position to mm-hmm. do something about yeah. it. But. They didn't get the call, which wasn't up to him. Mm-hmm, yes. But I still kind of see that as kind of a survivor. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, chance. I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah, that could be, that could be a form. You're of
2: so it. close. Like you're, like you're, you're there. You're right. Not, you're, yeah, you're not, you're not over in DC yeah. somewhere. Right. Exactly. You're right off the you coast could, of Africa.
0: Right. Had you, know? you, had you performed differently, things could have been different. Right. For sure. No, I could definitely see that being a, a more, um, I'm not going to say detached version. Yeah, I could see that. I could mm-hmm. see that being the case. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So. It's like once removed. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Ver- version of it. <laughs> so. We've been having a lot of conversations as Lady Friend and I. And in a lot of them, there have been a lot of moments where there is possible contention arising. OK. And I think I told you that I would have. I'm would never choose to be in a relationship with someone regardless of the format of the relationship. Right. It could be a friend, whatever the family member, uh, romantic partner in which we can't, we can't speak about things that we feel uncomfortable about mm-hmm. for the sake of the other person feeling bad in a moment's time. Okay. Because I'm a firm believer that certain moments Like a lot of things have to be sacrificed in order for, in order to gain happiness and vulnerability and comfort and security and beauty and progress and growth in further future moments. Okay. Okay. So many, many conversations recently where things have gone awry Mm -hmm. in the conversation. Maybe she's saying something, I don't understand what she's talking about. I question her on it. Vice versa. And I'm thinking about three things that I've come up with that are integral, they're imperative in order to have these sorts of healthy conversations within relationships. And I and the reason I talk about this is because one, it it takes courage. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people are not having this, and I feel like this is something that we we have to talk about. Okay. And one of them I'm really gonna I'm really gonna hone into. So one being the will to speak to your significant other about whatever it is that's bothering you at the moment. The will to do it. You have to want and have the desire and the courage to bring yourself to open your mouth to this other person. If you truly care for them, you care for yourself, your own well-being, their well-being, and the well-being of the relationship as a whole. If you truly do, this is something that just has to happen. Next, the clear-headedness to know exactly, to be able to see and detect exactly what it is you're upset about. And then thirdly, being the skill, having the skill or the tact to articulate these things in a way that isn't going to destroy everything in front of you. (laughs) Yeah. And all these things are very, very important. Yes. But we got to get back to just the first point, which is the will to do it. I think that it's something that isn't practiced so often. Because it is something to pick and choose your battles. I hear too often, though, Big Smokey J is one of them. Hey, man, let me, if you want some good advice, you know, for me, listen, just don't even do it. Don't even just let her, just let her go do her thing. Let her think about whatever she needs to think about. Let her just, just say, okay, babe, you got it. You got it, babe, whatever you, that's fine. You got it. The problem with that to me is a few things. Is one, if you're the person, That is doing that part. The okay. let me just concede, defeat, relinquish all of my power here and just let you do whatever the fuck it is you want to do or think whatever it is you want to think. Firstly, you're not challenging that person. So they're not being challenged cognitively. They you're they're remaining stagnant in their mental processes because you are not challenging them you're not helping them grow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but what the fuck is the point of being with someone if you all are not going to help each other grow? So that's one thing. Two, and this again, let's keep an open mind. I'm talking about relationships here. It can be romantic and I'm sure that people listening, they'll this will resonate with them on different levels. They'll think of different sorts of relationships that they have with people. But two, It's easy, easily fathomable that the person that has had to shut their mouth and not say anything about what is bothering them is going to start growing and growing and growing more contempt for the other person. Mm -hmm. Because the other person keeps shutting them down and they won't allow them to voice themselves in a safe space. Okay. Security. So. I think that through time, you'll never truly be happy if you're being this this beta being in the relationship. You'll never truly be happy because you know that you can't voice yourself the way that you want to. You know, you can't question whatever this person has going on. If they snap at you or something's not going right or you don't feel good about it, you don't feel fulfilled. But you know that this is a point of contention in which they're not ready to explore and they feel as though you're just being a nuisance to them. You're being a burden. You're being a, you're being a diva. You're being a bitch. You're being a dick. however you want to put it, you're, I, we don't need to have this conversation. I don't want to have this conversation with you. It's this. And that's what it is. Period. Stop talking to me about it. You're going to grow contempt for that person. And through time, you'll never truly be happy. Mm hmm. Because it's just, it's just going to grow. It's just going to be a smoldering hate you get for someone. And then that's when eventually, and you hear it all the time, it's a ticking time bomb. Shit explodes at some point in time because something happens and tips the person over the edge because everyone has their tipping point. And then what happens then is both people are looking at each other thinking, I don't even know who you are. How did we get here? How did we get here? And I feel like I'm looking at someone that I don't know. What are you talking about? Where did this come from? What are you even talking to me about? Mm -hmm. And the other person's thinking like, well, actually, this is who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I know we've been together for, you know, 10 plus years, but like, I'm so glad I can say this now. Like, you just pissed me off just to the point enough where I can actually be who I am. I actually haven't fucked with this thing that you've been doing for these past 10 years. But this is how I feel about this. And you're looking at this person like, how could you have just not said anything this whole time? Right. What? What do you? What? What is going on? Right. And hopefully, if that has, if that person has any sort of interpersonal skills or intrapersonal skills, they'll think, what did I do that didn't allow you to feel comfortable enough to say these things ten years ago? Right. Right. And nip this in the bud. Now, that's just from one person's perspective. The person that's being the beta male or the beta person, beta being, because this can go either way. But also keep in mind that both people can be both of these people. Mm -hmm. Both people can be the person that is shutting the other person down and shunning them every time they want to say something or get something off their chest. And you can also be the person that doesn't feel comfortable doing talking to the other person. Right. Cause yeah, that can very well be the case, which is very interesting. In that case, you really need to break, leave each other mm-hmm. because you, you, you're not the whole function of a unit. And Jocko Willick, the ex Navy SEAL talked about this too. The whole function of a unit is to be backing the other person up and to be making sure that each, it's, it's like you both sharpen each other. That's what it is. You're both good on your own. But together, as a unit, you complement each other in such a way that you both get stronger the longer you stay together and work with each other. So it's a very interesting thing, but I think it's extremely rare. The other person now, or the other idea, would be the person that is doing the shunning. You'll never truly be happy because you're with someone that you do not fully respect. Mm. And that's why a lot of people, if they find themselves in a position in which they're dating someone like this, that is being a pushover and they can have their way with them and say whatever they like to them, end up cheating on them with someone that they can't do that with because they respect the person that they're cheating with. Mm. (laughs) So you're so you that person will never be happy because they're just they know that they can master this person. They can master and completely control and subjugate this person that they share a relationship with. And even though that may be convenient, it's not, it's not desirable. That's not a desirable trait to be able to, for you to look at your significant other as though they are a doormat. That's not desirable. Nobody really wants that. What they really want is someone they can respect, someone that's going to keep them in check and be cooperative with them. And maybe those people intimidate them. Those people may intimidate them. Mm -hmm. So then they instead settle for someone that they can master. But again, you will not be happy with that person because you do not fully respect them. And so I say all this to say. We need to muster up courage within ourselves in order to go and have these conversations, because just like Jocko Willick sitting on that ship as the Hutus slaughtered the Tutsis. The inactivity is that's what's going to be your regret. That's what's going to cause the destruction down the road and. I know, I know it, I know it. I know it because I know so many people in relationships like this. You have to speak. You have to speak up. When I'm talking to this lady friend of mine I'm telling you about, I we couldn't imagine it being another way. I couldn't I just wouldn't do it. I couldn't imagine if 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 she is upset or I'm upset with something, or something's not making sense in conversation, you feel like someone's being unreasonable or illogical or too emotional or whatever, we call it out immediately. Hey, I didn't like the way you did that. I didn't like the way you just spoke to me right now. I didn't, I don't think that what you're saying makes sense. And this is why I don't think what you're saying makes sense. Does that make sense? These sort of questions have to be had. And we every one hundred percent of the it's a one hundred percent success rate because one hundred percent of the time after the conversation's done, we feel great we feel absolutely we feel so empowered by by the will that we had to have the conversation mm-hmm. the clear headedness that it took to be able to discern exactly what the issue was and pointedly address those things in the skill that we have at being able to do it without calling each other names calling people outside their names being pejorative whatever it is we know we know we've we've found out and we've sort of created a groove and we we know how to do it and you know you practice something you get better at it yeah So we feel extremely happy about it every single time. We have laughs about it afterwards, about how it went down, because it's such a a roller coaster, because it starts with uncertainty and bashfulness because you don't really want to do it. Then you get to a point where you're kind of understanding. Maybe you get annoyed somewhere in the conversation. Maybe you get angry somewhere in the conversation. Maybe someone sheds a tear or something because you hit a soft spot. Because, again, when I talk about highly contentious conversations, I'm talking about Those sort of maybe those sort of conversations where someone's coming to you and saying this friend or family member of mine, they just keep yapping on or they keep treating me this way or they're the problem. They're the problem. They're the problem where most people feel like it is their duty to back them up and say, you know what? You're right. Fuck them. What is wrong with them? Why would they do that? You're right. You know what? They should really see things this way instead being like, "Mm, I don't know. Like, what is your part to play in this? I don't know. I know you have this long standing bout with this person in your life, but what are you how are you playing a part in this? And you're just like, what are you talking? Why would you say that? Well, let me tell you, why I would say this because I ultimately want you to get better. And if you're going to because, one, if you stay in this position, you're just going to be groveling for I don't know how long you're just going to be you're going to be in a, in a dismal place for a long point in time. And if you're a part of this unit, you're taking the unit's morale down Mm -hmm. and I'm a part of this unit and I don't want my morale brought down. So helping you helps me Mm -hmm. and you have to have those sorts of conversations. And I, and they're just, they're so, they're so enlightening. They're so liberating. And again, I'll say this lastly on this bit is, you have to be willing to sacrifice the, comf- the comfort and happiness of one moment in order to unlock the capabilities of the happiness and comfort and security of the future moments. It is best for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. We live in a day and age now where I believe we hear a whole lot about instant gratification. People are heavy in the instant gratification it's best to set that to the side and don't be so impulsive so that you can get the bigger payout later on. And so, and like I said, even instant gratification is funny and bigger payout later on is interesting because you can just have a a really good open conversation with someone. And then 30 minutes afterwards, it's good. So you, sometimes you don't even have to hold out for that long. Mm -hmm. You just have to muster up some courage and open your mouth. And if this is really, if this is, and I'm only ever talking about if you're trying to have a long lasting relationship with someone. If you're just trying to mess around with somebody for two months, then none of this stuff I'm talking about matters. (laughs) Uh, Except for you might want to just be working on these things so that you can build these skills for the person that you're going to eventually want to have a long lasting relationship with. Mm -hmm. So, no, I guess it does matter to everybody. So that's pretty much
2: what I got on that. (laughs) I, I thought I thought a lot about this. Yeah. I mean, as. As someone who, you know, is self-proclaimed non-confrontationist. Huh. um, (laughs) Yes. Indeed, indeed you are these things. um, No, that definitely hits home because I know I've been in plenty of relationships, um, romantic and and not romantic, in which I know that I've let people take my kindness for weakness Mm -hmm. um, because I'm a very kind person. Yeah. um, And I try to be that way no matter what. Um, so I, I've definitely been down that road plenty of times. Um, and it's something that I've had to just work better. I mean, just work to better myself and yeah. to really not be that way. Cause sometimes you just gotta, you gotta stand up for, you know, what, you know, and stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been down that road and all of what you just said, you know, just, hits a piece of me. It makes me think think about certain people and certain mm-hmm. situations that I've been in. Um, and sometimes it, it, it just takes time to kind of grow out of that, oh, yeah. that person. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it definitely, it takes time and it, and it, it
0: takes effort. Like I said, yeah. it, it takes it takes the will and it takes courage. It t- It takes courage. It
2: takes courage to convince yourself that, you know, what you have to say is worth something and should be said. Yeah. Um, so, so I get it. yeah, it's interesting because you, you know, you said,
0: well, so this, this is what, what you said makes me think of you saying, finding the courage to feel as though what you have to say means something. It has some sort of value. Mm. And that's, that's an interesting idea. If you're in a relationship with someone and they have done something that you feel like is wrong or it's insensitive to on or inconsiderate to some degree. Or it's just unreasonable. Mm. And you don't understand why they did that or what's going on. So this is, this is the issue I kind of have what you said. I don't think it's necessarily about finding courage in what you think or finding value in, in the message that you're trying to get across, because it's not always about trying to get a message across. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes you just want to ask. Sometimes you want to understand. And that, and that's really what communication should be built on. That should really be the infrastructure. That should be the shared objective between both conversational partners.
2: Come to an understanding
0: is yet. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't I I don't know why you did this. I don't know why you feel this way. I don't know why you snapped. I don't know why you whatever. I don't necessarily have have a message I want to get across to you and, and make you feel like you need to now conform to this thing. That could be the case. Maybe we need to find compromise in, in this, but I just need to know why. And sometimes people can shut that down on some, I mean, it's not you growing up as a black boy, had your parents be like, cause I said, so what are you talking about? What do <laughs> you don't ask me why right. I decided to make, because right. you, because you in my house, and you are gonna do what I say, period. Right, right. And that sort of thing never made sense to me. So as, even as I grow, I'm I look for the why. You just did this. Tell me why. Why do I have to explain myself to you? Okay, well we could just not be together. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I I want to know how you work. Mm-hmm. I want to know how your mind processes things. Because if I don't know that, how in the world am I supposed to be in a relationship with you? Mm-hmm. What's interesting is, I just had, I just had a conversation with someone, and they were telling me, and this does, I'm not meaning to take this into a political realm, but I just this fits. Is I know some people that are having an issue in their marriage.
2: They said this, or
0: yeah, okay. well, yeah, well, I heard this from another party, but that party is close enough to them; they heard it from them. Okay, so. These people are having a problem in their marriage, and one of them voted and believes in Donald Trump. Mm. One of them is an Asian man and does not. So not to say that you can be Asian and not vote for Donald Trump, but I just like to put that in there just mm. for context. The, the person that voted for Donald Trump is a white woman, and this is an Asian man she's married to, been married for many years. And she and we don't really have to get deep into this, but she is of the belief that the insurrection at the Capitol did not actually take place, that it's sort of like the moon landing and that it was staged and shot somewhere and then broadcasted through the through mainstream media to make certain people look worse than they actually are. Very interesting take. I know. We'll save that for another time. We'll think about that, talk about that. I thought that that was very, very interesting. Very interesting take. Yes. But <laughs> the issue is they're in the household now and they're calling each other names. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> and what, what shocked me is is that it got bad with the presidency of Donald Trump. And in my mind, I I went way outside of politics when I, when I heard about this, I said it started there. They've been married mad years prior Mm -hmm. to that. How in the world did this person, the Asian man in question right now, not see that this person could have erupted. Right. And I thought that that was interesting like because- those, it,
2: those views had to come out somewhere at some point.
0: In another you know aspect that? of yeah. their life. Yeah. That is, th- We're talking about a certain type of mental process. Right, right. And that doesn't have to do with politics. This is, We're talking about a way that someone processes information. Is she just a conspiracy theorist or- No, 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 no. Because it's not just because it's not just about this, her disbelief in the fact that the insurrection on January 6th took place. Mm -hmm. They just they argue about everything political. Mm. And so I'm just wondering if that's the case, how did you not see that there was going to be discordance? In the, in just mental processes earlier, way early on d- yeah. during the courting stages, right? you guys hanging out, going on dates, making yourselves exclusive, like the first year, first two years, like I'm trying to figure out why people don't know who they're dating. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> well, why don't you know who you're dating? Because I would, I assume that there should have been many, many, many points in the relationship where I, if I were him, or if I were her, would have sat back and looked at the other one and thought, wow, like, this is really the way you, you process things, yeah. huh? Yeah. Like, this is the way that you, okay. Like, you felt like we should have, like, we should put the couch there and not there? Like, why would you put the couch? Why would we want to put the couch? There? Like,
2: that doesn't make any sense. Some of your uh, insanity should have been shown at some point.
0: That's the point I'm trying to get. At. Like, why would you think that this is okay? Like, why would you want to put our daughter or, in
2: this school versus that? Like, Or do you think that it was just always there, but maybe it got heightened like a lot of things after Trump came into office? That, that, that could have. So what exactly was heightened? The, I don't know. The I, detection of it? or uh because the the I guess her more so voicing or was that all was that always happening you know what I'm saying like actually because like after he came into presidency a lot of people that shared his views I feel like kind of saw the green light and was like oh well since he's putting it on a platform makes me feel better about me saying what I need to say right or right, right. or displaying it a little bit more than I usually would okay you know, I didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. um In those first couple of years with, you know, her Asian husband. But now that, you know, Donald Trump has kind of put this battery in my back. He's
0: given me a place to feel comfortable. He's given me a space. Yeah. Right. That that encourages this sort of speak. I understand what you're saying. And I feel like that could very well be the case. My whole point is that I feel like there were multitudinous moments beforehand that wouldn't have had to do with anything yeah, no, politically I I yeah, or that. socially necessarily I still get that right in yeah. which i would have seen that there was a an extreme bug mm-hmm. in in the the yeah. the mental
2: processes, in her hard drive yeah. i don't maybe he's maybe he wasn't really that intuitive maybe
0: but but, really... but i think that that sort of thing is are we paying attention to the people we're around right are we truly paying attention? Well, yeah, attention? You, would,
2: you would expect for someone that you're just spending so much time with that you would have picked up on something.
0: Yeah, that's that's sort of the point. So I, I find it really interesting. Now, again, you know, I haven't been with someone for a very long time. I haven't been married. I haven't had children with anyone. I don't know these things, but it still strikes me as, as quite inattentive. Mm-hmm. It It does. Mm-hmm. It does.
2: So that that's 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 my point. On yeah, that. I mean, after several years of marriage, you'd like to think that, you know, this person in, inside and out. You so. would you you would you would like
0: to think so, yeah. I guess. And we have too many instances where people are like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who who I was dating, why I ever thought that that was going to be a good thing. Things are so interesting because hindsight is twenty twenty. Do when- you think it's possible for those people to just
2: simply evolve?
0: Yes, I do. Why don't I know about your evolution? We're here. We're we're evolving together, right? Yeah. Or are we? Or are we? Yeah. Or are we evolving? Because yeah. even if
2: separately, and, and yeah. I don't know about your evolution. Yeah. Because even if that person did evolve, you've been right there in the trenches, so you would still right. expect that you would have noticed. I want to know about you know your evolution saying?
0: every day. Look at your significant other. Hey, yo, how you evolved today? <laughs> yo how Nah something different How you evolving What's going on What are you thinking about today That you wasn't thinking about yesterday <laughs> Like that's why That constant And open uh. communicate. That's why I brought up This courage talk mm-hmm. Cause that constant communication Is so necessary <laughs> So you don't end up At a point in time When you're looking at someone Like yo what the Who the fuck are you Right right. What are you talking about This isn't who I was dating All them years ago Yeah mm-hmm. well you also Haven't been asking me Who I've been Who I have been becoming mm-hmm. For all of these years mm-hmm. So yeah, it is definitely a uh, variety of reasons as to why people end up in these situations. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that.
2: All right, we we can we can we can move um, on from our relationship talk. I'm going to talk about somebody that me and you both like and me and you both probably have some slight issues with, <laughs> someone that has evolved over time. And the reason I'm going to bring it up is because I was watching something that this artist had done they just took me back to a nostalgic place. You know I love nostalgia. Took me back to a nostalgic place where I was just like, wow. This person has changed so much. The music has changed. A lot of things about this person have changed. I don't know if you've ever watched this, but I was watching the um, 2011 Kanye West Coachella performance. Mm, I don't um, know
0: if I saw that.
2: Yeah, uh, I've, in, I've seen a lot of videos. I mean, in, maybe. In 2011, I wasn't you know, I'm still not like Coachella. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not like I don't be. I haven't. I don't. The first performance I ever watched was the Beyonce performance, which mm. happened like a year or 2011,
0: two thousand eleven. So that was two years after or three years after graduation, I believe.
2: Um. So that would have been he might my, have beautiful been, Bar- my, my beautiful bark my beautiful dark, dark, dark twisted fantasy. fantasy was the his latest album at that point, uh. and it had one album mm. of the year. Um, at that point as well. And horrible. Kanye West was the biggest artist in the fucking world at that time. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the performance and like, it's, it's the 10 year anniversary, uh, had just come up. Um, and Complex put out an article about the performance, how it just changed the game for Coachella. It changed the game for Kanye West. It changed the game for performances in general. Wow. Um, and I was watching it, man. It was just so masterful. Like it was just if you want to see a nigga put on a show, yeah, that was something to that you had to be there. Yeah. You had to be there. It was it was genius. Like just the artistry. And and just like he was able to put to perform hits from five different albums (laughs) that he had put out. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never I you know besides the Beyonce Coachella performance and that, I mean, I'd never seen anyone put on a show like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, it was great. <laughs> it was feeling it. I know, just. no, I was feeling it. <laughs> yeah. I was feeling it. I felt the energy running through me. I, It was like when we, we sat there that one day and watched them perform Niggas in Paris. In Paris, we watched that shit like five times. And they, and they played it like 10 times. Yeah, 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 we watched that show like five times, me yeah. and you, sitting in 202. Yeah. And we both just felt that energy. Like Kanye was up there. He was on on God mode up there. Yes. Like it was crazy. Um, but the reason- It's hard to be
0: humble when you're stunting on a jumbotron.
2: I'm trying to tell you <laughs> that that's a bar. Yeah. Because he's absolutely right. Um, And I know- a lot of people feel a certain way about Kanye um and what he's done over time, especially more recently. And I'm not going to sit here and act like he ain't said some wild shit mm-hmm. that I don't totally agree with because he has. Yes. Um I'm not here to defend him. But um I think this goes back to when I said kind of oh, let's normalize just switching up on people. Yes. And I don't necessarily say that for the benefit of – person Mm -hmm. but more so to acknowledge that people do change okay i want to take the word change out of that kanye west has evolved okay in so many ways over time um in his music uh the way he puts him puts himself out there to the world um i mean he's done so many great things and he said so many really dumb things that i i feel like he probably should have just kept in his back pocket
0: so so you would so you would say that it's fair to say that he has evolved in certain aspects and devolved in others?
2: You could say that um you could also say that maybe he's evolved for the better or maybe he's evolved for not better. I think that you know it'll be a different perspective just depending on who you ask. Mm. Um but uh what I want to get to is we've had a couple of you know we've had DMX pass away on us recently mm-hmm. we've had um i don't know if you heard about black rob uh he passed oh. away like last week I know people are just you know the people we consider legends are just they're starting to die off yeah. and i'm i'm really wondering what do you think about that is there somebody out there that um you feel like would impact you in a certain way if they left this earth right now i know that you probably don't hold too many celebrities Dear to your heart yeah. but if you could name someone out there right now that if they died today you'd be like like you just I'm not gonna say distraught mm. but you just you know what their impact like what their impact was to the world or maybe to you personally anybody
0: this is an interesting question to ask one because how to, do you know how black Rob transitioned
2: how he um, died? I think he had like uh, like Something was going on with his liver or okay. something, something like that. Okay. I, okay. So that, so those were health complications. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was something to do with some of his, one of his organs failing. Yeah. A lot of these people that you, that
0: we know of, you're speaking about, you're bringing up a lot of hip hop. It could be anybody. It, right. It, it, right. Um, but, but in that vein, I, I do want to say, Just like people closer to us, it's a lot easier to say goodbye and let people go when it's something that has been, it's something that's been noticeable. Mm-hmm. It's something that has, it's been a steady progression, um, or regression and however you would like to look at it. People are being shot dead in the street mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. in hip hop. Mm-hmm. And that's its own conversation of what is it that we're going to continue to champion in hip-hop? We're just going to keep bumping our heads and being like, oh, this shit is hot while they're running around talking about the people that they're shooting and the people that we're killing mm. as they continue to go out and shoot and kill people. Mm. There are people that are bigging up, like I talked about Breakfast Club, denouncing Carl Hart and his ideas of destigmatizing drugs and reformatting the way that we look at it but yet they play mad hip hop music especially in this day and age where it's a huge pill epidemic thing going on inside of hip hop and you know other spaces so so when i i hear about people dying you know of certain of c- certain deaths There's, there's clearly a space for compassion there Mm -hmm. because they're, they're, they're going through something. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a deep psychological illness that is, that is taking place. And so there's something, there's something to say about that. That's a whole conversation in itself. Mm -hmm. The people that I would probably feel that way about. Unless there are health complications, as you said, maybe Black, maybe black Rob went through, health complications that they're hiding from us, maybe like a Chadwick Bozeman. Mm-hmm. right? I think I would know that it's coming if I follow them like that. I mm-hmm. think I would know it's coming, which would make it much easier at that point. mm mm-hmm and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be so sudden and so so you know heartbreaking when it took place but you're making me bring him up again Jordan B Peterson okay he he has dealt with a lot of illness and still is at this point for the past few years and i feel that way about him because Of how noble he is. Okay. He has, he was just a college professor for many years. He was a clinical psychologist and a college professor for many, many years. And he put himself out here in the, in the public stratosphere and started speaking about very controversial things, but started speaking about them in such a well thought out way. People didn't even know that you could think like that. Mm -hmm. People didn't even know that you could really rationalize and and deeply investigate and excavate a lot of these contentious issues that people speak on today, but really don't have any real way of orienting themselves enough to speak about it, clarifying their heads. Like I talked about before, having that clear headedness, that will, that skill all together, that trifecta that's needed to be able to and just all of his years of experience in psychology and all this. To be able to definitively speak on things in such a way that lay people can understand and really grasp and and find hope and wisdom in and knowledge. And it's a beautiful thing what he does, what he has been doing, what he's continuing to do, despite the illness that he's going through, because he is feeling it. He talks about it on the podcast that he that he's running right now about how every morning is just a fight. Mm. He deals with the autoimmune disease and he gets up every day and he's got to it's just it's excruciating pain for him every single day. Mm. And he's got to try his best to wash himself and dress himself. And and he try and he walks 10 miles a day just to just to get his body and his mind moving. And then by the afternoon, by noon afternoon, he's then able to start writing again. And had, conducting interviews on his YouTube page. And he, time and time again, has been struck by these salacious pieces that journalists put out, trying to slander his name and call him all right, neo Nazi, all this just wild stuff. And if you knew about him, if you read his work, if you watched him and listened, it couldn't be further from. It's just, it's ridiculous. I really hate hot takes. It's so, it's and it's and what and that's gonna go on to something I want to talk about, you
2: know, a little bit later. But though they can be entertaining and do make me laugh and or make something, you laugh, it can also I really kill someone. Yeah, I hot takes are they need to be abolished. Yeah, they need to be abolished.
0: <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're because you're throwing stones at someone that's trying his best and doesn't have to, that's trying his best to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And he just catches arrows from the left and the right. And he continues to do it because he feels this is the burden that he has put on his shoulders. This is the responsibility that he decided he was going to bear for the greater good of people. Mm -hmm. And he's still doing, it. he's still having some of the most, some of the most, contentious and possibly inflammatory sort of conversation. Some of the most taboo conversation that's going on today, but he does it. It's stuff about extremism on the left and the right politically where people have to come together, race, transgender issues, economics, the burden that people need to bear but won't because of the lack of courage and, and incitement, incentivization, um, just within our culture. And he's just still doing it. And I feel like if, because he has said that he f- for a long time felt like every morning I could die today. Ooh. Like this, like I'm feeling like today I might die. Mm-hmm. But he just kept going mm-hmm. and he's still doing it if he if I heard that he passed today, yeah, yeah, I would shed I would shed some tears mm-hmm. i i I would certainly it's, shed some tears.
2: It's a crazy mind state to be in to just come to terms with your mortality mm. like just just like just coming to terms with I'm dying and I'm okay with that, like how do you wrap your mind around something like that just? your existence is coming to an end physically. How do you wrap your mind around that? Well, he speaks about doing what's meaningful in life, Mm -hmm. finding what's
0: meaningful. And if you, if you're constantly doing those things, then you have found meaning in your life for, Mm -hmm. I I think that everybody should go and find the book man's search for meaning by doctor, Victor E. Frankel. I believe it is. I think I talked to you about him a long time ago. It was a, a psychiatrist i believe that was put inside of auschwitz nazi death camp mm-hmm. and his accounts of of that place and what it took to continue to move forward yeah and when you read something like that and how people in that sort of situation just the lowest of lows mm-hmm. can find meaning and can find the desire and the will to continue and the courage to continue to move on and mm-hmm. live you start looking around at your life, and you're like, man, I better fucking do something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I better get up and do something. This dude was at a Nazi <laughs> death camp, and he recorded all these things, wrote a book afterwards, and it's a classic. Yeah. I, I should probably get up out of my bed. I should probably do something. I should probably yeah. figure out
2: my life that I think is so, so sad. Yeah. I, I, I know someone personally who's kind of going through some of that right now, someone that had COVID mm. um, that survived. But someone that had covid and you know waking up in the hospital uh you know kind of coming out of that that slight coma that they were in um you know being on the ventilator mm-hmm. and stuff like that, waking up wondering who who people are and what's yeah. around you what's right. going on, and just kind of sitting there not able to do anything not being able to have anyone around you um, just kind of sitting there facing mortality, wondering, you know, is this the day? You know, am I going to get taken out of here? Yeah. Um, And, you know, this person has explained these things to me and explain how they're going through it still. Um, Mm. You know, that fucking noise is crazy. Oh, yeah. We're going to get all that out of here. But, um, (laughs) you know, I, you know, I I talked to this person a lot about it. And about how, you know, they still think about dying and wondering, mm. you know, what could have happened to them. Just being in that space is mm. a crazy space yeah. to be in, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, yeah, that, that is that is yeah. interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um I I'd like to go on uh to, to something else here, if if we can make a we can make a little pivot. Sure. Last pod. At the very beginning, I spoke about a blind spot that I felt that I had in my mind, yeah. socially, Yeah. about women with hair, Yeah. Uh, specifically in their armpits, mm-hmm. how it made me feel, how I felt like I shouldn't be affected by it, socially, how that's been constructed. And you responded and said, well, you know, that was a man, you know, that a man came up with that, you know, that. That's why they're there, because we live in a male-dominated society, Mm -hmm. which I'm not 100% uh, on board with. Okay. But I told you that I was going to do some research and come back. Okay. (laughs) So I did. And, I mean, it's definitely some interesting stuff. Okay. So let's see here. Where would I like to start? The market for female hair removal products. Men had been shaving at barbershops and later at home when a men's disposal safety razor was introduced for home use in 1903. Mm. Quickly successful, Gillette. They've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, they've been doing it forever. They've been doing it for a long time. It's them. They've been on the top the whole time. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, early 20th century. Gillette sold 90,000 razor sets the next year. A female market for hair removal products, on the other hand, did not yet exist in the United States. That market had to be created. According to Hanson, a researcher on the topic, the practice of removing hair from the underarms and legs was practically unheard of. She goes on, in fact, hair removal was such a novel concept when it was first introduced that companies had to persuade women of the benefits of hair removal, which I haven't really been able to find. I don't know too much benefits, Mm. and demonstrate how to practice it. They talk about, it, you know, you don't sweat as much, like you said. and uh, But if you do have hair, it sort of stops skin-on-skin uh, skin contact, like chafing, you know. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's, it's stuff on both sides. It's, but it don't seem like it's that huge of a deal, whether you have it or you right. don't, to
2: be honest. I mean, there's plenty of women out here surviving with underarm hair. So. <laughs> and it, yeah, like they're not really dealing with much. But then again, but- we've come a long way. I'm sure there's ways to combat any sort of issues that they may that underarm hair may bring on
0: that that may bring on. Well, okay. Well, what on what underarm hair do you think that you're? Well, you're saying as far as like antiperspirants
2: and things like yeah, that? certain things like that. Or okay. even if there was, I'm sure there's plenty of creams now for mm. any type of skin chafing because mm. you have to imagine women that are shaving their underarm mm. hair are also putting some sort of moisturizer mm. on there as well. Yeah, yeah. You know because
0: saying? because as far as The the hair being there, it holds more sweat. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, socially, maybe you don't want to have a bunch of of sweat marks on your T-shirt and things like that. Yeah. But as far as like health Mm goes, you're not really taking any risks. Right. You're like having hair there or not having hair there. It's not really that big of a risk either way. Right. Nothing. Nothing's going to you're not going to have to go to the hospital for anything as far as I could find out. (laughs) Um, So, all of this is really just, just social construction of what looks a certain way. Yeah. Right? So, the first razor marketed specifically to women came to the market in 1915 from Gillette. From then to the 1930s, Gillette and dozens of other hair removal companies used the changes in women's clothing fashions as justification for the sudden need to remove underarm hair and later leg hair. Uh... The Rise of Women's Magazines had a lot to do with this. In 1883, The Delineator was first published. Then The Ladies' Home Journal came out. Women's Home Companion. Good Housekeeping came out. McCall's and pictorial, pictorial Review. The publisher of The Ladies' Home Journal, Cyrus Curtis, told advertisers that the purpose of the magazine was to give manufacturers a way to market their products to women not for the benefit of American women, the goal of advertisers was not only was not to only fulfill women's needs, it was to create new ones. The amount of advertising for toiletries and beauty services were second only to advertisements for food. Estimated advertising spends between 1890 and 1914 grew from 190 million to 682 million wow so the whole point that i bring up Gross. is it's because when you said it the way that you said it last time like i'm sure it was a man that did it in a male dominated world i think I that i've been a
2: little overzealous I,
0: I think it was a little <laughs> overzealous i think that someone could have taken from that a man put his foot down, and was like, You gonna shave. Like I want you to I want you to be smooth, so you gonna shave because that's what I like. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring this up is not because you were like completely wrong in what you said, but I think that it's very important on the the accusations that we put on people. Right. You know, there are a lot of motherfuckers being accused of things these days that you don't necessarily agree with. And you're like, well, let's hold out for some evidence. Right. Right. So I think it's very important the way like the way the accusations are are put forth. Mm-hmm. And so they. America is trying to get more money. That's pretty much what it was. It wasn't like we need for women to look a certain way necessarily. It's. If them looking that way is going to line our pockets up, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah, let's go ahead and get them some razors and get them some hair removal stuff so we can go ahead and grow this business from a one hundred ninety million dollar business to a six hundred eighty two million dollar business. Right. And that point matters to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to now draw a parallelism and show you why it matters to me. If you don't know, there's been a story roaming the Twitter sphere about this army sergeant. Okay? This oh. white army sergeant. Oh, hold on. Uh, in his neighborhood, that oh, was that oh, okay. was, that okay. was okay. pushing okay. this black kid yeah, out, yeah, yeah. telling him, "Get out of this neighborhood. What are you doing here? Where do you live?" And he said at the beginning, I forgot where this took place. I knew no I. I forgot where this took place, but a lot of people just look it up. Army white army sergeant pushes black kid. It's going to be the first thing that comes <laughs> up. Okay. Now, when we were sent this video, you and I, yeah. I'm looking at it, and I see this white big bald headed dude run up on this very small black kid. You know, teenager, high teens, whatever the fuck. And he's telling him, where, "Where? What are you doing here?" You, you know, you you're coming around. You're harassing the neighborhoods. You're harassing my neighbors. We're a very tightly knit neighborhood. We take care of each other. Where do you live? What are you doing here? Get get out of here! Mm. And then he starts getting brolic with him. He starts screaming. The guy says something to his wife. The black guy says something to his wife. So then he sort of pushes him. He says, "Listen, I'm about to show you what I can do. Mm. Get out of here!" Yeah. Now, afterwards, we're gonna go back to that incident. But afterwards, we know that the very next day, well, one, he was accused and, and charged for assault right. because he put his hands on that boy. Yeah. OK. He went after him. He put his hands on him. You get assault for that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't do that. Right. Right. Like that's against the law. So he did that very next morning. Mad black people out there <laughs> on the lawn. Hell yeah, screaming. Come on, no nah, I don't hide in now. Come on out, come on out. We just want to talk. What's up? We ain't gonna jump you. A lot of, it, but listen, I t- I don't care. You could add six people outside of my house, and they're saying that, calling me out. I'm not. What are you talking about? I don't trust that you're not gonna jump me. There are two hundred of you on my lawn. Like, no, I don't. I don't trust that. I believe from what I've heard, he's had to move. He had to move his family. Like he don't, he no longer she, lives there. That's from what I, from what I understand. <laughs> I'm not staying there. I'm, I'm out of here. Everyone in the world knows where I live now Ooh. and y'all are all just sitting out here. Like, how am I supposed to live my life without coming into contact with you guys? Right. Yeah. Then a while after that, there was a tweet. Somebody we got, we got it sent to us as well. They said, this is what's going on outside that army sergeant's home. I love my people, and it looked like fucking Atlanta A T out there with tubas and trumpets and fucking bass <laughs> drums and shit, and just playing all sorts of or, like orchestral music <laughs> in this neighborhood. And first thing is, bro, this is a lot of people's neighborhood. Like, it's not just That's that. True. It's not just that guy's neighborhood. Yeah. So now everybody's got to pay for this. Come on, man. Like, relax. And so this is where the point I come from. You kind of already know because I, I said what I sort of had to say in the chat and then I got out. Mm. And I do that most of the time. You know, just so you know, when you don't hear it from me in chats, that's a lot of what's going on. Either I don't care because it's something I just can't, I don't know nothing about. something sports related. I don't really can't get into it. Or
2: it's a bunch of group think and everybody's just shitting on this thing and they're not thinking for themselves. Well, a lot of times I just send stuff yeah. to both chats so that... I know if you don't see if you don't see the other one, you're going to see one of these mothers. Uh, yeah, and and sometimes I be, I go on there right now, and there's probably
0: 47 missed messages on one of them. I promise you that. So I'm looking at this video, and I found it interesting that I didn't see or hear anybody talking about this because I had some people at work come up to me and talk to me about this white people mm-hmm. and didn't say anything about this part. Mm-hmm. And I think that this completely slipped under the radar. No one's—I th- don't know what's going on. The guy said, "You're running around here harassing people. Where do you live? What are you doing?" No one thought anything of that.
2: Everyone loves a—everyone loves a clickable narrative. And I was just gonna say, it, it's not on camera, so nobody knows. What, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, that's, nobody knows what happened. For real, right? All we know is what we saw. Okay, yeah. oh, right. Okay, all right. So but, I'm not saying that we, to. Right, I'm saying some, I'm very true. Hoping to prove your point. Very, very
0: true. I mean, all you know is is right all, is is, is we what have. we saw. So we can definitively say that we don't have nearly all the pieces to the puzzle. Right, but yet we calling out the image, mm-hmm. and people love a narrative. White army sergeant pushes black. Man, and of course with the Derek Chauvin trial and all this sort of stuff going on, of course people are going to cling to that and be like, he's pushing them out because he hates black people and they don't like black people in their neighborhood. Let's get him. Uh-huh. How do we know that's the case? How do we know he wasn't just a white dude and that was a black dude? They just happened to be those colors
1: mm-hmm.
0: and happened to be born in the families that they were born in that bore those skin colors. But that black dude was doing some fuck shit Walking around the neighborhood that he doesn't really belong in, Mm. doing some clout chasey stuff, could have been having his phone out, trying to film something, trying to do something stupid because we know that people do that. Mm. How do we know that that wasn't the case? And I said this before to you guys, if someone walked, if I'm walking down the street and somebody walks up to me and accuses me of doing something that I know I had no part in. You walk around, you harassing people. As soon as someone says that to me, do you know the look of confusion that's gonna come on my face? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm gonna how I'm gonna respond? I'm gonna I be like that. Wait, what do you? I'm harassed. Wait, who told? What do you? Who? Who are you? What are you talking about? Who are the people? <laughs> like, let's get down to this. Like, what? what, what what's going on? Uh-huh. Maybe we
2: should go catch this guy. Like, what, who? Who? <laughs> wait, we, we should band together. Who the fuck is harassing people around here? What do you? I don't know what you're talking about. I read but somewhere this, I read somewhere that he has some sort of mental issues,
0: yes, like in that, that they the, the, they were gonna try to so get I, the there's the a helper. lot of
2: there's a lot of things going on there's a lot of saying?
0: questions, yeah. exactly, but we're not talking about any of these things. We can talk about these things, but no one is. you just got a fucking band, a whole marching band walking that, down that the streets
2: that the marching band thing was completely ridiculous well so is this so is the first response which is everyone coming out there someone tweeted by the way
0: that and i I don't know who this person was but it was something and they got mad retweets but it was something along the lines of this is the sort of social backlash that should come with heinous aggression like this Mm -hmm. why though he just like the gillette thing just like Putting the blame on men for women feeling as though they are the, the markets, the corporations feeling like they need to make women or they want to sell more products. So we need to put in women's minds that they would look more elegant and desirable if they shave themselves. We need to put the blame exactly where it lies. It's not because we just want to oppress women. It's because we want to make more money and there's th- that's a difference yeah both can be wrong we, that's another that's a separate conversation but we need to delineate exactly where the issue lies in order to have again the clear-headedness to discern exactly what the problem is so then we can truly articulate and figure it out if you think that the problem's just kind of over here then you just you you're now you're attacking a bunch of things that don't have to be attacked when you could just shoot one bullet, you taking an AK and shooting a whole lot of bullets that don't need to be used. And that's that's the point here. He got charged for assault like he should have been charged because you can't do what he did. Right. The law took care of that. He got charged for assault. Right. And I'm certain that went back to his his commanding officer and all of that. And however they take care of it, they take care of it. But. Why are we saying that now he has to deal with him and his family and everybody else in the neighborhood has to deal with 500 people showing up on his lawn? Who says that that's okay? Why is that? Why should that be the social norm now? Mm -hmm. That's 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 ridiculous. We have to look at that and say that that's ridiculous. Go home to your families. Go. You could you could better spend your time being with your families. Go home to your child, your children and spend time with them. This was taken care of. It's not one of those instances where somebody did something and the law didn't decide to step in. So then street justice felt as though they had to come and do the work. Mm
2: -hmm. It was he got charged. Do you think those instances are justified? What? When people when the street effort has to come in because the law didn't take care of it.
0: Not necessarily, but there's a conversation to be had about that. But it certainly is not the case if it was taken care of. I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to happen. So I just felt like we don't we don't have this. And I don't know if more of the story has come out or whatever. Probably not, because, again, that's all that was on camera. We probably won't know. Right. But I just felt it's so interesting. People are just so willing. And I understand that the hate that's going on today and I understand the motives that people are working with. But we have to do better. We have to crank it back. We have to dial it down a bit mm. because that's just not necessary, especially when you don't know all the information the information is not in mm. but we just out here terrorizing it's it's completely that's completely ridiculous, and so that's where i that's where I stand with that I don't know if this guy was completely racist or and ridiculous and out of his mind, and I don't know if the black dude was actually running around and terrorizing people or whatever the case may be, but Again, when he was asked about it, he didn't seem very confused as to why the guy was coming and talking about it. He (laughs) just said, man, uh, listen, I'm not I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just trying to walk. I'm just trying to walk. That's very it's a very interesting way to respond to that accusation in real time.
2: Yeah, because so it's a uh, a little iffy for me. I can certainly speak for myself in this situation. Somebody comes up to me and starts saying, I did this. I did that. I'm going to refute if I didn't if I had nothing to do with it, I'm certainly going to refute yeah. whatever it is that person is saying. That's that's that's
0: but, all I'm just trying
2: yeah. to use some deductible skills yeah. here. At the, I agree with you on that part. Um at the end of the day, we don't, Deduction. We, don't we don't know skills the entire story. No. Um no. and like you said, we we probably never will. Um I you know, it's interesting though, because like if he did do any sort of Harassment. I mean, I guess maybe it's not on film, but have it has any I'm wondering, has anyone complained about him? Like, has anyone filed a report? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what if he was doing anything? What was he doing? Oh, I'm curious. Uh, me, too. <laughs> me, too. I, I I'd love
0: to. I'd love to know all of these answers. But I certainly know that if I lived in that neighborhood until I had the answers, I'm certainly not going to just full speed ahead, run to this guy's house and start acting as if I do know the answers. I know
2: I wouldn't do that. The the bald white guy ran full speed ahead at the black kid. Did he know everything or did he just hear what someone else said?
0: Well, if the people, that's what I'm, I, I we don't know. <laughs> that's the whole point. We don't yeah. know if he saw it happening. If multiple people are like, yo, this dude's running around here and, Whatever the fuck, screaming at us. And, well, that's and, and,
2: that's what I'm curious about. If is if if all these people saw this black kid doing this, like I'm really curious. Like, where is that part of the story? Like, why isn't that? Why is that not as important? Is it simply- that, And you know what? That's a, that's a that's a great question, Keon.
0: Why is it that we don't ever hear about any of the? Every time you hear about somebody getting pulled over or shot or taken out of their car and stomped on, what color are they? Black every single time. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's always the case? Do you think that the, do you think that there are not a bunch of white people being shot or be on or taken out or whatever the case is? Do you not think that they're going through it at no, all? No, I'm certain that the same things are happening. Why don't you see it? Why don't why I see why why is that part of the story left out? Why don't you hear about that about the white people? Because every single day you hear yeah. something happening to a black dude. It's hot. But you don't think that no white people on this, in this nation are going through any of these things. You don't think they're being killed? No, you just don't know their names. Yeah. You just don't know that story. Yeah, It's not that it's not happening. You just don't know that story. So, it's, so you have to start asking yourself these
2: questions. Why, Why you, don't I know this part of would, the story? Would you be... Now, now, you probably won't answer this question without doing the research, but Probably. I've definitely read that it's more likely to happen to black people these types of situations.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard about this too. And, and why is that the case? Well, I guess systemic Cause it, racism. Cause <laughs> they don't like. Yeah, see, we can't see. I, <laughs> but that doesn't. I
2: mean, I don't have the facts, yeah. but
0: I people are gonna go. Yeah, that conversation is gonna go into. Is because of places where black people live or. Highly policed, they're they're more heavily policed than other places are. So of course you're going to catch more black people doing more crimes if they're being more heavily policed than the white people, and it goes on and and so forth from there. So it, it it's a it's an interesting things when people get into statistics because mm-hmm. yeah. depending upon where you at, statistics they rise they fall. It's a I've I've tried to do the research. It's a lot going on out there. All I'm saying is that you never hear. You don't know, you can probably off the top of your head at least come up with four or five black names mm-hmm. of people
2: that have been killed by, but you can't come up with one white, We're, not one. Nigga, I said this maybe the last pod, a couple of pods ago. Black trauma is hot right now. Yeah. Like, they want that shit on the front page everywhere because it's hot it's going to get them clicks it's going it's a
0: misinformation age we know by now you talked about tech totalitarianism mm-hmm. it's it's an age where they want us on our phones as much as possible that we that's how we're the product that's and they're selling the information right the data to to the markets that's how they keep us on our phones for as long as possible mm-hmm. make it hot Make it hot. Whatever they click on, people don't want to click on things that just kind of make sense and are well thought out and this and that. they want what's hot. They want what's clickable. Clickbait is a thing for a reason. Mm. Everyone knows this term, but they don't take it into account when they're clicking around for some reason. Right? It's what's hot, and we know now that that mis misinformation travels six times faster than truth. Because people are just, they're there to click it. And the tech companies, they with it. They are with it. Mm-hmm. It's all money. It's all about money and keeping our attention and grasping it. Captology. Read about it. Read all about it. That's what, that's what it's about. So that's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying people aren't going through stuff. I'm not saying that they're not terrible injustices going on. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's going on in some other places too, and we don't know nothing about it mm. and it's interesting, we have to start asking ourselves why we don't know that part of the story. That's all I'm saying. I'm just want some people to just try to think a little bit outside the box
2: this could this whole this whole thing could be some some fucking ploy to further traumatize us as black people. Well you know what I'm saying? It could. This whole thing could just be some psychological thing that that they're pushing right now, just to put the black trauma back in our minds. Very, <laughs>
0: very very interesting. You, how do you control people by tapping into their fears? Mm-hmm. Just, 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 just think about it. Yeah, just think about it.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you hear about this volcano erupting in Saint Vincent? No. Um so a volcano erupted in Saint Vincent. It's an island I think down somewhere in the Caribbean near like you know like Barbados and Aruba and all that shit Barbados. down there somewhere. Um this story isn't even about the volcano and, and how it's ravaged through the island. It's about the choices that this government had to make. They've got these cruise ships coming to pick people up to save them and take them from the island because it's just too much going on. Everything's covered in ash. Things are burning down. However, you can only get on the cruise ship if you're vaccinated. And it really made me wonder, well, what the hell are the people that aren't vaccinated going to do? I read like three. I read through like three articles. Nobody said anything about what the people who aren't <laughs> vaccinated Gonna do. I have to assume that there's some safe place on the island where the lava won't get to. I have to assume that because they're not just gonna let these people die. Hopefully. Well, what's the point of the ships? To get to
0: evacuate people. Okay. So there ain't no point in the ships if there's somebody, if somewhere
2: everybody can just go and hang out and hide. I j- Well, it, it just makes it even crazier. Like, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> what are the people who are even the people who just got vaccinated and don't have their full dosage mm. aren't allowed on the ship? You have to be vaccinated mm. and have been that way. I don't know what amount of time. Hmm. But, um. I want to ask you this as someone who I believe may not get the vaccination. I don't know how how exactly how you feel about it. I don't know if your mind's going to change on it. I know that you've expressed to me that you don't think you're going to get it because you're going to allow your body to just do its thing. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But I'm wondering. What do you think it's going to affect you at all in the future? Do you think it's going to stop you from doing anything or do you think there's going to be a halt You're not vaccinated. You can't do this certain thing. And if that does happen, what do you like? What do you I don't know. What do you think? What are you going to do?
0: Well, I I don't I mean, I don't know exactly. I've heard that they're already putting
2: stipulations on travel Mm -hmm. uh, in certain countries. Mm -hmm. Like you can't come here if you're not vaccinated or you can't go. You know, you can't go there if you're not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And I'm certain that's going to expand to to other things. Yeah. So yeah. I can't be quite specific, mm-hmm. but generalizing, yeah. what do you do if that in you know, stops you from doing something that you want to do?
0: Well, I think I've spoken about it. At this point, it sort of comes down to, we have spoken about integrity before, mm-hmm. doing something and sticking to certain morals, ethics, strong convictions in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. And not just when it's convenient for you. This is just one of those things that for me, I'm, you know, I'm willing to make sacrifices. I'm completely willing to say, oh, well, oh, that's the case, huh? Well, guess what? I've never, ever in my life wanted to be somewhere that I wasn't wanted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Never in my life. Okay. Like, okay, that's for you. I don't have to be here. Okay. I'm completely fine with that. Okay. Okay. so many complications with these things so many things so many just weird articles of people getting injected with the wrong thing at certain places they're just mix ups they're just they're just putting other medicines in people That ain't the coronavirus. they ain't the. That isn't the vaccination, vaccinated people getting blood clots? Even though I know it's a very low percentage. Stuff yeah. being
2: recalled. Well, just to just to clarify, I, you're not anti-vaccine. Are you one of those types of people? Like <laughs> one of those types. It's <laughs> just like vaccines are bad for you. Yeah. Like I'm never getting. I don't want none of that shit. I want my kids to have none of that
0: shit. I don't think that I. I, I don't think that I'm. um, And that's interesting that you said you probably won't answer this without doing more research. It was at the, I I don't, I don't believe or nor would I proclaim to have the sort of medical prowess Mm -hmm. that would probably truly be needed from a reasonable person's aspect to say, or a reasonable person's standpoint to say that they are just inherently bad, Mm -hmm. no matter which one it is for, any given person at any stage of life. I, I I mean I I couldn't make that that claim. So no I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. No. Okay. No, I wouldn't say that I'm just anti vaccination. But I am a skeptic. Okay. I, I certainly am a skeptic of things. Okay. And that's that's and I have no issue saying that. Skeptic used to be a good term. Skeptic used to just mean that you you waited to see Mm -hmm. you just you just waited to to the real to the information was in to the results were in you wanted to take your time with analyzing all the the information being processed and presented to you now it just means that you that you're a hater and you don't believe in shit (laughs) that's not that's that's not the case with me I, i mean the skeptic in the fact that i like to look around I like to look around and see what's going on and see, see side effects, see long-term effects also because I had, I was in yoga the other day and all the ladies came in and when we were just kind of stretching out, getting ready for it to begin, I'm listening to the conversation. And one of the ladies is asking the yoga instructor, Hey, have you gotten your, have you gotten your vaccination? Yes. She, oh no, not quite yet. I'm looking, I'm looking, you know, it pops up every now and again, like little places you can get them. So I'm looking to see where I can go, but I'm not, I'm not first in line for some reason, whatever my standing is in society. I'm not first in line hmm. to be able to get them. Like they're getting other people out of the way first. And. She's like, yeah, but I think I'm gonna go get get this one. It may have been the Johnson and Johnson. I'm not sure. And the one was like, oh no, you don't want to get that one. That one, that one will get you blood clots. And then the other one was like, yeah, but you don't want to get this one either one because I heard that this one messes with your infertility. You're not gonna be able to have no more children. And I was like, oh yeah, the one you want to get is this one. I'm like, mm, are y'all listening to this conversation? Are you listening to yourselves? Like there's just so much uncertainty. Don't nobody know nothing about nothing. Uh-huh. Y'all just running around and getting syringes stuck in you and being like, I ho- just let's hope for the best. Uh-huh. I I just I'm not I'm not I'm not with that. Now that's not saying that I'm not being a little bit more I believe uh homeopathic with it. I've I take great care of myself. Mm-hmm. What's funny is people don't ever like take that into account just, because there is going to be and I, there probably there already is. This division in people where either you're one of the the noble, honorable people that's doing their civil duty by going and getting it or you're a disgusting infidel.
2: Yeah, I should be struck down by Zeus right now. (laughs) I've I've definitely thought about when I was thinking about this topic and bringing it here, I definitely thought about the fact that this whole vaccination thing is going to create different levels of hierarchy. Um, it's going to people are going to start pointing fingers and telling you, telling you that you're this,
1: you're, you're that. the
0: problem, and you know you're a super spreader. Yep. you're a contagion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or oh, you should be quarantined it, it's, it's forever. Def- it's
2: coming. It's definitely coming.
0: Yeah. So I, so I, f- I find that really interesting. But at the same time, again, no one's ever thinking about. There have been plenty of people, many scientists in the nutrition field that have talked about things that you can do to stave off, not just coronavirus, but just viruses and diseases and things in, in general, which is like vitamin D intake. Vitamin D intake was, it was a huge one. Exercise was another one And these things. I definitely do. And I feel great every day. So it's, I understand what you're saying, Um, as far as it becoming one of those things where you can't, where you just can't do what you want to do because of it, that'll be an interesting sort of, Mm. uh, state of affairs to be in. Mm. But I do know that they're already issuing paperwork for people to fill out in case maybe their job or some entity is telling them you can't be here without it, Mm. which, which goes with like religion and a bunch of other sort of explanations that you're allowed to have that'll grant you access to some of these things that you're talking about. So, no, I probably just I'll get one of these little forms and figure it out. All right. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's that's that. I don't I don't feel I don't you know necessarily feel bad about it. Yeah.
2: No. I just yeah. I I thought of you when. I, uh, when I was reading the story and I'm mm-hmm. just like, wow, they're only letting vaccinated people on here. Everybody else just got to find a safe place to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, this is for anyone listening. This is not to say that
0: there couldn't be something because I try to keep myself learn, uh, teachable and keep my mind pliable. If some information comes to me and it just, it convinces me and, and I'm, I'm, I would definitely allow that. I would definitely sit down, have any conversation with anyone or read anything that, that that truly gets me to that point. But it hasn't happened yet. I'm still very skeptical of what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so, yeah, so that's how I feel about that. You ready for this, re- uh, this, this card?
2: This, uh... Oh, wait, what you talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: I was about to ask if you're ready for this pandemic to be over. Oh,
0: yeah, I mean, I haven't really been too constrained. like,
2: I do the things that I yeah, that I want to yeah. do. Yeah, I I get that. Um, I yeah, I wasn't thinking that you weren't out here just living your life and enjoying yourself. Yeah, I'm enjoying. But myself. um, it's just I don't know. It's really interesting. Just after everything we've been through, to start see seeing things start to open back up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and all so- the
0: people being killed. Hold on,
2: hold on. What? That's a huge
0: part of the pandemic ending, quote unquote, as you said is people are coming back outside. And I want to say like these last weekend, there were like five or six mass shootings that took place across the nation. So yeah, am I ready? I know people want to get out here and party and all that, but there's some other things that come with that. I've Mm -hmm. told you about the the ripple effects, the Mm -hmm. psychological ripple effects that we're going to be seeing because now everyone's outside. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people dealt with a lot of trauma and mental deterioration Mm -hmm. in 2020. Mm -hmm. And we seeing it. We are seeing it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> kinda. But it's kind it's the wild, wild west out here. Yeah. A lot of people are going crazy. Yeah. I feel it. So that's so that's that. Uh, well, but yeah, we right. can we can get to this card. We can go ahead and knock this out. Our meaningfulness card of the week. What makes you lose track
2: of time? My answer for this is gonna be really cliche.
0: Okay, that's fine.
2: Um, knock this out real quick. My answer is going to be really cliche. Uh, I will say this. The person that said time flies when you're having fun, that was a banger. That was a bar. <laughs> because when I think of what makes me lose track of time, I think of doing something that I enjoy. Yes. Because I'm not like who's paying attention to the time mm-hmm. when you're having fun or doing something that you want to do. Yes. Vice versa, when you're doing something you don't want to do. Yeah, I constantly look at the clock because I'm just like like damn, what is this shit like this shit mm-hmm. need to hurry up?
0: All right. So I'm gonna challenge you and just ask you give me one of those many things that isn't fishing that you have fun doing that makes you lose track of time. Just anything specific that you have fun doing. This where you this 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 watching fishing videos. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga <laughs> <laughs>
2: really, you really, you really enjoy just just watching people fish, absolutely, I watch them every day they
0: they they chop them down to the clips of them catching stuff, or is it just them sitting there sometimes
2: some videos are live streams, I just watch just people just talking, just waiting for that rod take down, yeah, that's the excitement, okay, yeah,
0: okay, watching
2: videos of people fish I'll take it, I'll take it we really? hiking. <laughs> When I'm, when I'm out hiking, the last thing I'm looking at oh, is the fucking time. Yeah. That, yeah. That's weird. That's a <laughs> weird thing I'm, to do. I'm, I'm trying my best to make sure that I'm not going to die. And I'm also trying my best to get to the top of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing to
0: do to just be, yeah, hiking and just be worried about, Oh, what time is it? Like, it, it doesn't, ex- but,
2: it doesn't exist out there really unless just, you're trying to beat the sun. Are you, just, are you challenging what I'm saying or like, what do you like? No. Okay. I'm just, all right. I'm just making sure. Cause I gotta, cause I, I know that you have to understand that when you're doing something that you're enjoying, yeah. you're certainly not looking at the clock. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, all, right. Yeah.
0: all right. All right. Uh, mine is clearly, but, but I think the people that wrote this, they know that, like they know I that. Know. That's I know. That's why I why they I said, said it was going to be what, cliche. Right, I really right. couldn't come up with anything philosophical. So, I mean, I don't know. Mine. mine is having. Having open, honest discourse with people. Mm-hmm. That's something that makes me lose track of time. When I find myself talking to someone where the common objective is understanding and growth, because those are those are rare. People think that they have those, but it's it's actually qu- quite rare. People a lot of the times are, again, trying to be the messenger they want to come and preach to you the good word, whatever that may be. They want to come tell you what it is they know about something or how it is you should feel about something. And they're very rarely just there to to share and listen and understand and grow. And, yeah, it's 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 never really that. It's funny because that book I talked about that I got last week by Peter Bogosian, I believe is his name. I may be butchering that in James, uh. Lin- James Lindsay, how to have impossible conversations. Is such a great book. Oh my gosh. Oh, I've read that book in like five days. Damn. Easy. Oh my gosh. It was so, su- and then I'm already started on this beyond order book. It is such a good book. I believe that everyone should go read that book, especially today. People have to read that book and open their minds to having conversation with people that they see as their adversaries. The reason I brought this up is because they make very pointed remarks on the way that you ought to look at who you're having a conversation with, mm-hmm. and if you can frame it, a lot of the things I've talked about perception and how strong that is, how it's everything, right? And if you can shift that, it can mean the world to it, to you. In framing who you're talking to in any given moment as my conversational partner mm-hmm. drastically changes the way you're going to go about it because they're no longer your opponent. They're not your adversary. They're not your enemy. They're not the other. They're not some stupid, demonized, caricatured person on the other side. Mm-hmm. They're your conversational partner. Mm. We're working together in this to accomplish a common goal. And when you do run into those people that can have those sorts of conversations, it's really, it's amazing. It's magical because it, it is rare. A lot of people don't do that. So it's rare. And I, and I love having those conversations. Do you people. know the four behavioral styles for beha- like agreeableness, openness, neuroticism. Well, oh, those are personality attributes, uh, personality traits. It,
2: well, I, I learned this in, in one of my classes. Okay. Um, decisive, inquisitive, rational, and expressive. Mm. What do you think? Which one do you think is yours? You can only have one? <laughs> I, f- well,
0: I feel like it's got to be a sort of diagram where you, you hit- could You could say that, but if you had to
2: narrow one down- I had to... Okay, one more time. You guys, in, inquisitiveness... Decisive. Decisive. Inquisitive. Inquisitive. Rational and expressive.
0: Oh, my gosh. Everyone that listens to this podcast, you included, asking me that know that this is going to be so difficult for me. Are you just thinking you're all of these? Decisive... Decisive would probably be the lowest because, because my mind is so malleable... I'm all, I'm always willing to allow something to come in to sort of change mm-hmm. the perception of what ought to be decided upon mm-hmm. and how it ought to be decided. But expressiveness, uh, okay. So originally
2: when I was reading- Rational. And then what was the other one you just said? I inquisitive. inquisitive. Jeez. Originally when I was reading, I, I saw you as the expressive type, but as I read mm-hmm. more, I was like, no, he's more of the inquisitive. Okay. Um, inquisitive, inquisitive behavioral style includes, uh, like kind of a no nonsense type of uh personality when it comes to other people. Uh, there's a bit of arrogance that comes with it. Mm. Um, You said a no nonsense, yeah, like no nonsense type of style. Uh, when it comes to conversing or just being around other people. Okay. Um. What did I just say? You said arrogance. Um, there's a bit of arrogance that comes with the inquisitive style. Um, and there's also, uh, there's a bunch of things. I'm just naming some of the stuff I can remember. Um, someone that really gets deep into conversation and enjoys it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, those are one of three things that I remember from the, excuse me, from the inquisitive style. Yeah. But. I don't know. I, I, when I was reading through that chapter, uh, it made me think about you mm-hmm. uh, when I was reading the inquisitive part. Uh, myself, more of a rational type of person, someone okay. that tends to take uh, a back seat, someone that generally does more listening than mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I just It just popped into my head. Yeah, I'll, have, I, to, I'll <laughs> have
0: to. Maybe I'll read into those a little bit more and maybe come back with yeah, something. A
2: book. I got a book for you
0: that- Okay. That I could. Yeah, assume, maybe I'll, I'll read a, a little bit There's a whole chapter more. on behavioral
2: styles that uh, you'd probably be interested
0: in. Yeah, I'm certain I would, especially now that you just called me arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I have to go. I have to go back and look into those and see what and see what's going on here. Wait a minute. Can we? De- like, can we define this? Because this has been this has been way too many times. Hold on a second. We're, we're gonna we're gonna go into this. Um, arrogant adjective making claims or pretensions to superior importance or rights overbearingly assuming insolently proud characterized by or proceeding from arrogance or a sense of superiority, self-importance or entitlement. Yeah. No, I'm not (laughs) rolling. Nah, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's who I am. I think that, Different characteristics characteristics that I have with an untrained eye mm-hmm. can come off that way mm-hmm. but i don't I do not believe for it to for the things that I say
2: to come from a place of arrogance, yeah no, I, well, yeah no I don't believe so. I don't necessarily think that the words that you use or the things that you say come from a place of arrogance. it's probably more so just i guess. Maybe just maneurism, certain you know, a collective of things like you just said that right. you know could make it seem that way. But like I said, there was a ton of other things yeah. in that mm. little drop down for the inquisitive behavioral yeah. style that I do think fit your personality.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'll do some more reading and then catch up on that. Let's uh, pull this next card. See what we got here next week's. Um. Oh, we kind of answered this on the hike. It's mm-hmm. what does this world need more of? And you took yeah, mine I said and compassion. said compassion. Yeah, because you knew <laughs> I was going to say that. You took compassion, <laughs> and I believe I said adventure. That people yeah. need more of a yeah. of a sense of adventure in their lives. And so, gonna so, so we're going to skip that one. All we're right. going go on to go into the next one. Yeah, should have been there on the hike. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> how do you show love to others? We've we spoken about our love languages before yeah, yeah, many we times. We're gonna skip that, that one. Card. We're gonna skip that one too. Look at, it. see, we're getting into the meaningful without these cards, mm-hmm. which is which is a great it's a great thing. What challenge do you want to overcome? I, I feel like that was that Damn. may have been something else. We've talked about that too. We yeah. talked about because there's uh, achievements and things like that. Like yeah, 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 like what did you? So we're done with that one too. All right, what do we got next? What moves you to tears or gives you goosebumps? We can use this. Yeah. What moves you to tears or gives you goosebumps? That one we can do something yeah. with. Yeah. That is our meaningfulness question yeah. of next week. Do you have any last words for the people, sir?
2: Um, last words for the people. Um Jesus. You it know is, what? Usually loose. usually I uh usually I do have something, but uh Today I don't have anything. Okay, no last words. Yeah, F- fuck the people.
0: Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. um, my last words for the people were probably something along the lines of I feel like what what touched me most here, mm. even though I, so much of it did, would be the courage. Mm. This episode brought to all of us by courage. I'll I'll just back you up on that for sure. Courage. Courage. If you if you love yourself, you love your relationships with people, you love those people, you want the growth, you want to to have the shared experiences that propagate growth between you and these people, then you have to have the courage to say something to them. You have to have the courage to have to have the. The the conversations that are hard to have, those are the ones that have to be had the most, and hopefully, you believe that the person sitting across from you has your best interests at heart, and if that is in fact the case, then it'll be shown through the conversation. If they don't, that'll also be shown through the conversation, in which now you have a a good productive, and just cl- forever clear representation or exhibition in front of you to help you understand what's going on. You have a, a actual metric that you can now use. You have something that's almost tangible. It's the closest thing to tangible that is intangible. That you can now use to decipher whether or not you need to continue to be in whatever it is you are with that person. And so
2: that's that's my those are my last words. I'll say this. Don't let confrontation hold you back from being a better person. Because it's definitely held me back from being a better person um, in my past. And you will regret it. And you will regret it. You will regret it. Uh, That's it. Avoid confrontation when you have to, not just because you don't want to have an argument or you're (laughs) afraid of an argument.
1: Yes.
0: All right. That's it. Peace. Peace.